0: Transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California. Now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Night has fallen on the desert, and I don't want to start sounding like Al Roker, but good Lord, what a beautiful week we enjoyed between the miserable heat waves. On a number of days up here on the north side of Joshua Tree National Park, it actually rained from the clouds. Mostly a drizzle, but by the middle of the week, it was like spring on the Gulf Coast. The kind of weather that makes you want to have a mint julep. In theory, anyway. In practice, the mint julep is a waste of three good ingredients, bourbon, ice, and fresh mint leaves. It's like somebody put NyQuil in your whiskey. It was sultry and breezy in Palm Springs, the people all out in the plazas and the parks, A 90 degree cloudy midday in Palm Springs is not something you often see in the summer. And it is summer now, officially. Happy solstice. Which always sounds like a threat in this century. Happy solstice. Buckle up. Because what will it be this summer? So thanks be to St. Minerva for the respite in the week after solstice. The weather was more than agreeable. Even the weirdest of my local raven clan, the one I call Weird Annie. Well, even that one seemed to be enjoying the cloudburst. Still the strangest raven call I've ever heard. It's backwards from the standard raven call, like you're playing the tape in reverse. But weird Annie was up there flying in circles as happy as she can be. Still making that sound, you know. back. It roasted from Vancouver to Boise, and I guess we hardly noticed in the high desert, where it was in the low hundreds, but that's better than the previous heat dome we had down here. The one that up and left for Portland, like so many Californians in recent years. You ever get the sense that what you're allergic to isn't down comforters or the cat or food allergy or whatever? But that what you're allergic to is your life, your way of living the whole deal from waking up to finally collapsing again? Sometimes it takes moving to a wind-blown desert to figure out that just about everything that blows by is disagreeable to your system. Western juniper, Russian thistle... pretty much anything that falls off or falls onto the human body, or anything or place or person that a human body comes into contact with. The worst is when you realize that your dreams are being affected. That your dreams are also anxious and forgetful and of uncertain purpose. Because your sleep is not restful. A lot of it involves the alarm clock. Whether you allow that phone screaming in your ear like a siren. As the first thing you hear when you awake. Imagine being the person who invented the alarm clock. Enjoy hell, buddy. Everybody's got three weird tricks to change your life. From the scam artists on the internet to these therapists who treat you like a troublesome old Volvo or something. You're going to need to come in every week for the rest of your life. So, this isn't going to help. Stop eating this or that food. Buy a $600 meditation program that auto renews annually. Be grateful. Be hurt. Be vegan. Be aware of your thoughts. Ignore your thoughts. Get rid of toxic people. Throw out the toxic consumer items in your home. Let's see. TV? Wi-Fi router. This overstock rug that's been off-gassing since Obama was president. Drink more fluids, but don't drink the fluids you enjoy. Etc. And at the end of the day, or the long night of the soul... You are still who you are. A human who is doing the best you can. The main character in your own life. Because you can make a budget, but... You can't draw blood from a turnip. As they say at the credit reporting bureaus... The only good advice I've ever heard about getting in a better frame of mind, well, it regards dreaming. And I don't remember who said it. Probably a lot of people with common sense. Get enough sleep to dream And give yourself a day or two per week to wake up whenever you wake up. Then you'll remember your dreams. Keep a notebook right there, a dream journal, or whatever you want to call it. You have to scribble it down real fast. And not on the phone, for God's sake, because the phone will never let you do anything without bombarding you with notifications about the bills due and the appointments. And six new TikToks you must see of a cat locked up in somebody's apartment. Pen and paper, when you write it down, you write it into memory. Now it cannot be lost. Some of the best dreams don't mean anything in particular, but you remember them with warmth, with appreciation. They are windows to a different aspect of yourself, and they are worth noting and worth consideration. Sometimes they even announce the future in mysterious little ways. I woke to this dream of walking with the dog on a long ship. Really a barge. But on the open sea, the deck was several feet below the water, a strange design for something you want to keep afloat. A monolithic barge, but with grassy areas and potted plants, apparently intended for walks just like this one. The day was clear and brilliant and breezy. The sun out, but a comfortable temperature. As we reached the stern... There were glass viewing windows and the gray steel around the back of the boat looking into the sea. So we could witness this enormous ocean animal moving just behind the ship, a whale, I thought. But no, then the head goes by. It's an enormous shark, a great white shark, like out of Jaws. Jaws. Immediately, the ship tilts, and the shark's huge head is right there, managing to just nip the dog before the ship writes again. What was that about, I wondered as I wrote it down, and then I got on with the day. often wrote of his ghost world travel dreams, including long walks through abandoned train stations, airports, always failing to find a place open for breakfast or a person he was supposed to meet or whatever, nobody around. This was something like that, especially the absence of people in these places meant to accommodate lots and lots of people. But I could not recall what Burroughs thought the point might be, something about the world of the dead. That same afternoon, walking with the dog down a long dirt jeep road with a ridge of Mormon tea and juniper to our left, a big coyote surprises me by popping out of that brush and onto the long dirt trail, its mouth open in the heavy heat affording me a rare good look at those surprisingly white, large teeth. The dog missed it entirely, being just behind me but upwind from the coyote's scent. Now that's a lesser prophecy, to be sure, and it is hardly actionable. Which is why nobody ever picks the Powerball numbers through premonitions. It doesn't work that way. It's a symbolic language. Although sometimes, in the case of the unexpected close-up appearance of a shark or a coyote, as I walk not a sandy trail, but a long barge with a sandy-colored wooden deck, with the wilderness and or ocean located just above the deck, which is not a good design for a barge. More like an accidental design of New Orleans. Hope all that water above doesn't come in. Well, sometimes it's pretty easy to recognize the event that the dream announced. When you write down your dreams, they will stay in your mind for a while and your eyes will be open for the consistencies in your waking life. But here's what's kind of goofy about That dream, the day before Walking the Dog, I was listening to an autobiography of Carl Jung. His late-in-life recollections of the visions and dreams that shaped both his inner life and his professional work. And he was talking about a prophetic dream involving his late father arriving, but treating his son with distracted irritation and demanding some professional help regarding marriage that very moment, far away, the younger Jung's mother was dying. His parents had a difficult relationship, and it seems it was about to resume on some level many years after the elder Jung's death. So the elder Jung hoped his pioneering psychoanalyst son might have figured out how to make marriage a happier occupation, as it was apparently about to resume. Our dreams are rarely messages compelling a person to take a specific action make a journey, like in The Hobbit or on Zeppelin 4. They can be that, sometimes, and the reader's digest of my youth were filled with tales of ESP notices of a loved one fading away, a psychic variation of what the Welsh call death candles. Also, a very weird kind of thing to leave around hospital waiting rooms, which is the only place I ever saw a Reader's Digest. But most of the time, on most occasions, if a dream is relevant to your daily life, relevant to something about to occur... But for lots of us, for me, anyway. I don't need the operating instructions. I'm just glad the receiver is still working. Listen. next weekend we will be performing some live shows at Theater 29 that's in 29 Palms near the headquarters of Joshua Tree National Park so we won't have a new radio show next week but after that we will have a bunch we will get through the summer together together yet completely alone as the pandemic slogan said What that means is I have to get through some of this mailbag before the postcards and the letters fade completely from the sun blasting into the studio here in the mornings when I'm hiding in the underground tortoise bunker. If you'd like to drop us a line, the postal address is P.O. Box 1735 Joshua Tree, California. And speaking of mail, we just sent out a pile of the new Desert Oracle vinyl bumper stickers to our Patreon supporters. And Megan says the stickers are available on our website now, desertoracle.com. This one's from Kyle in Berkeley talking about the postcards we try to send out from Joshua Tree. It's a postcard about a postcard. I received your postcard. Thanks for the note. It's good to receive physical proof once in a while that the world out there does exist and is not just a digitally crafted simulation. I've listened to your broadcast and collected your periodicals for some years. Let's see. As an artist myself, there are moments in the process of creating where I catch a fleeting glimpse of clarity. A brief moment when I see around the corner, cut through the everyday noise of existence, and feel like I understand what I'm doing. Thanks for the letter, Kyle. Which is a letter and not a postcard. I apologize for referring to it as a postcard about a postcard. It's a letter about a postcard. And about the fleeting glimpses of clarity. That's the point of it all, whether artist or biologist, ranch hand or long-haul truck driver, that occasional moment when it all clicks and you feel complete, and a little of it goes a long way. Too much and you wind up jabbering on a street corner about the aliens coming to save humanity, which isn't happening. ...and is unlikely to happen. But there's something much better out there available to one and all... ...when their hearts and eyes and ears are open. Here's a postcard from Ashland, Oregon. Sometimes when I'm working, I watch the lizards attempt to mate. The big ones are boys, I assume. They kind of... This part's hard to read, sorry. They do something like a dog. And the girl, lizard, inevitably runs away completely unimpressed. How are there so many lizards out there? Love from Norm. Now here's a beautiful old postcard. It's a panorama of the Central Park in Guadalajara, Mexico. Handle with care. It is old and blemished, like all of us oldsters inside and out. The desert's getting hot, but happiness is present among the Joshua trees, amigo. Keep broadcasting. Signed, Esteban Fernandez. Hey, thanks for sending that from Guadalajara. Here's an update from my comrade Zinko at Tassajara, the Zen monastery in the mountains of Monterey, which is one of my favorite places up there. After a strange dream brought me west to this deep canyon, I am truly leaving home and taking up the way. My ordination this Saturday begins another journey. Thanks to Desert Oracle, I've learned much about loving our world, even the parts that seem unwanted. The chaparral was a private, hot, scratchy, poison-oaky personal hell for me at first, as it was to the Padres when they chased the Esalon into the Santa Lucias. But it has romanced me as a Desert 1U, both the landscape and the Lord, dark watchers... Al Clark and his secret gold mine, the introduction of virile crawdads to Tassahara Creek. They connect us in time and place. Deep Bows from Zenko. A happy ordination to you, friend. I hope to see you up there before too long. A true fact is that I have spent some time as a guest at Tasahara, and the weeks I was making up this whole enterprise here in the desert Desert Oracle I stayed with the Catholic monks above Big Sur too any port and a storm now here's a picture postcard of my favorite town in California with the snow capped Sierras rising over the desert floor And a cowboy longingly gazing at a golden trout jumping from the creek. That's Bishop. Thank you for the Great Basin episode. I could not agree more and find your storytelling inspirational, David Wilson and Phoenix. And thanks to everybody at KZMU and Moab who sent this nice Grand Canyon card. Signed by Crystal and Big Bass and the whole crew on saturday nights at 9 p.m. kzmu that's when you'll hear desert oracle in and around moab castle valley and the slickrock country to Zyzix and across the great Mojave wilderness this is Desert Oracle Radio broadcasting from Joshua Tree I want to tell you about the live shows we are doing the weekend of July 10 and 11 the first time a show will be performed at Theater 29 and 29 Palms since the pandemic began way back in whatever year that was saturday night the 10th is just about sold out last i checked and sunday had a few more tickets available so make sure you get your tickets in advance go to desertoracle.com click events because it's unlikely you will find any seats remaining if you just show up and then what will you do I guess you could go to the bowling alley or go to the casino. But you'd probably rather come to the show if that's why you have come to 29 Palms. 7 p.m. with Red, Blue, Black, Silver doing live soundscapes. Doors at 6.30, is that right? Nobody knows. Nobody knows anything. Figure, yeah, 6:30. Oh, and guess what? It's National UFO Day. Wait, is it that? Na- is it National or World UFO Day? Nobody knows. In any case, UFOs do not follow the laws or boundaries of any nation state, so pretty much every day and night is World UFO Day. And before too long, we are going to get better at taking these visions and apparitions the right way and talking about them in a better way. We used to know how to talk about such things until very recently in human history until we got bamboozled into giving up all the sacred spaces of daily life. But don't worry, we're going to get it all back. Thanks for listening and good night from the Voice of the Desert.